Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. Today, we have a friend, a guest, a team member, Scott Rabini. We are so thrilled to have you. It's so exciting. We're going to have a cool conversation today um, because this is kind of part coach approach success story and part um, supporting young adults and teens with complex issues and college placement and a little bit of everything. Right. Well, and we don't read, we don't like read bios because bios are boring, but, and and people can read about you in in the show notes, but just to give them the short answer, Scott is part of our team. He's one of our coaches. He does student and young adult coaching with us and also has his own work that he does. Scott, just kick us off by telling us a little bit about how you ended up doing what you're doing. Yeah, because you got a great story, actually. You were your own success story before you even found impact. Yeah. So Thank you for letting me um, join you guys today. I'm very, very happy to do this. Um, So basically, I'm a product of ADHD. So going through school, I'd always known that there was something wrong with me um, and that I didn't learn the way that other people did. And that sort of manifested as I went through my college career and then later on in life as I started working um, at some institutions of higher ed. And what I was finding was that a lot of the students that I was getting had ADHD or a multitude of different things. And I was able to help them learn the material in a different way than the quote unquote traditional classroom. So working through the process and working with kids, eventually what I realized was there was a need for someone to work with students and families to navigate the college process, but also working on the executive function aspect and with the ADHD component. And I looked at all of that and I looked at myself and I said, wait a minute, this is what I've been doing my whole life um, for myself. I'd now like to share that with other people. So when, and we don't need to get into all this, I got into politics, but I opened my business at the same time. And that's what I wanted to focus on was being able to work with students who were like me that for whatever reason, need some extra assistance, some extra support, but also letting the parents know you didn't fail. This is not your fault. There's nothing wrong with your child. This is just a different way that they learn and that they process things and they go through life doing things. So I really was looking at doing this from the standpoint of helping those kids who are like me, who did not have help when I was in college. Again, I literally was the kid who 
I think on every report card, probably through school, said he talks too much, he moves too much, he won't sit down, um, he doesn't study, and he doesn't do any of this. And I'm like, I actually did all of that in the last five minutes. You're just not keeping up with me. And that was <laughs> what I'm trying to like. I was like, I used to fight with my parents and be like, they're telling me that I'm doing all these things, and I am, but I'm getting my work done. So I don't understand what's going on. And I realized that that was something that a lot of students, a lot of young adults were facing, um, especially within schools and with their parents, where we sort of have one model that we want to try and fit everybody into. And we're not the kind of person that you're going to put into a normal model. That's just not how we work. So were you diagnosed as a kid or did that come as an adult? It came as an adult. Um, So what happened was I was in my first college, notice how I say first, um, because I was going to go to Cal Poly and be an ag business marketing major. Woo-hoo. I was also a vision. My, yes, right. I had a vision. I knew what I was going to do. I was going to take over the family ranch, um, which was not a ranch that was working in the sense of like I'd be managing it or anything. So I just that was the goal that I had in my mind. And um, during that time, a very, very good friend of mine died and I was having a hard time. It was in a car accident, but I was having a hard time struggling, trying to keep my focus. And we went in and did a neuropsych test and found out that I have ADHD and dyscalculia. Those were the two that really stood out to me. So after a year of we'll just say W's and leave it at that um, at Cal Poly. Um, my W's father are I, withdrawals, everybody. Are withdrawals. Yes. Right? Um, my father and I had to have a um, come to Jesus moment, I guess, if you want to put that and you know, figure out what you want to do and where you want to go. And I actually ended up going to Johnson and Wales University in Providence, Rhode Island. And they really helped me learn in a different way. And I don't think they did it intentionally, but it was very hands-on. I was able to see, okay, if I start this, this is the finished product. And these are the the steps to get there. But sometimes I want to take this step and go this way and come back down. And that was how I ended up finally figuring out first off, what was ADHD? Because at the time that I was diagnosed, it was just ADHD. My parents didn't know what it was. My The lady who did the neuropsych test told me, quite frankly, I can tell you, you have ADHD before we ever even do this test. She goes, because it's been five minutes and you have been shaking your legs and you want to get up and you've been looking at everything. I said, I am, but I'm still listening to what you're saying. And she goes, I know I completely understand. So that I was diagnosed about, I think it was 19, 20, somewhere around there. Okay. So you were diagnosed in your college years and started getting some, some support and some accommodations and, or just even in a better environment. Right. An accommodated environment. Yep. And so that took you maybe off the family ranch path and onto a path where you started working with kids. Right. Yeah. So I went to culinary school. Um, I am a trained chef slash dietitian, although I never took the exam to be a registered dietitian. So I just that was my degree. But in that process, I also so after I graduated, they offered me a job back uh, working on campus. And that's how I got involved working with students. My office was actually across from the student success office. And it seemed that every time a student with ADHD went bouncing into the office, they would say, nope, go next door and talk to Scott and he will help you. He will get you ready. He will show you how to do this material without, and I hate using this term because I heard it a lot when I was a student and it really did have a negative impact on me, dumbing down the material so that you can understand it. I didn't need the material dumbed down. I just needed to have it delivered in a different way and allow me to learn in a different way. So I would have students. So we're going to introduce the language of processing it differently. You needed to be able to process the learning in a way that worked for you. 
Absolutely. And yeah. that was what I noticed. So when they were, you know, sending students to my class or whatever it might have been that I was teaching, I was working with students and I, and I would tell them first day, some of you are going to you know, be the student that will look at the blackboard, read everything that I write down. Some of you are going to be the students that are looking everywhere else except for the blackboard, but you know what I'm writing on there because you're still paying attention. And I would work individually with students to just help them process this is the material and then set goals on how to get that material completed on time in a fashion. Because as you know, some of us with ADHD like to wait till the night before the 45 page paper is due to start it and not even start it. It was like, oh, we have to research that too. Um, There's a lot of work that's going to go into that. And then we just cram and get it all done in one night. It works for some of us, but not all of us. Yeah. Well, and I guess that the the thing that I want to pull out of what you're saying, Scott, is that there are so many different learning styles and Mm -hmm. not even everybody with ADHD is the same, but what you, the language you use is how do I help you figure out what your brain process is so that you can optimize your success? Is that? Absolutely. And I don't, even in in my own practice, so I also do college consulting with families. I let families know right off the bat. I don't do anything in a group setting I work individually with every student, with every client, because every student and client is different. No matter what they have going on, they're they're coming from a different background, different culture. They might have different differences that they're working with, different neural complexities, I guess, if you want to put it that way. So it's really trying to figure out what works best for you, because what works best for me may not work best for you. So let's figure that out and let's see what that looks like to really help you achieve those goals because this is something that you're going to learn and need throughout your life to really help you be successful and in whatever way successful means. And that's another conversation when people say success. So what does it look like and how do we get from here to here? And let's set little goals. Don't the goal right now is we want to graduate. Yes. But there's a lot of steps in between that we need to do to get there. So how can we do that? How do we build out a plan that will really work with the student. And part of that that I've incorporated now from um, the impact parents is I used to come into it with a, okay, we're going to set your goals and here's how you're going to do it. And you're going to do it this way and figure it out. And if it doesn't work, we'll come back and we'll try again. And now I've changed my mindset and I start off every conversation, usually with, you know, how are you doing? Tell me something funny that happened this week. And then how can I help you achieve your goals this week? And then it puts the onus back on them to start thinking about, okay, what is it that I actually need to complete this week? What are the different things, whether it's academics, personal, social, any of that, how can I assist you in achieving these goals that you want to set? So we will lay it out. We map things out and um, I interject when I need to, if um, because some students will sit there and like deers in a headlight. Yeah. Like deers in a headlight. So you have to prompt yeah. them. But that really, the impact ADHD model, the impact parent, that was one of the really big takeaways for me was don't feed them the answers. We need to figure this out and we have to figure out a way that it works for us. So the way that I start the dialogues, the way that I go about helping students plan and goal set is completely different than it was before I started working for impact parent or not working, but working with you guys. Well, so many, so many different directions we could go, but, yeah. but I want to kind of capture what I just heard because what you shared from your own story is that you figured out the process that your brain uses, the learning style, the process for problem solving, however you want to look at it, and then started supporting other kids and kind of helping them figure it out. 
And so you've you've got your own business. We're going to skip over that. You went into politics, but it's a great story. If you check yeah, out his bio. Yeah, if you guys want to hear it, it's a really we don't fun have story. Time in this one for right. that one. <laughs> um, but, you know, we'll link to your bio in the link so that people can check out that whole journey because it's really fun. But uh, so you started practice. What I'm hearing you saying is that you're still doing that. But what the impact model did was it gave you a process for doing it with your students, with your clients, so that that it kind of walked you through the process of problem solving with them. Absolutely. And that, again, for, for somebody with ADHD, that it was a good thing for me because it gave me a boilerplate, so to speak, that I could, again, use with everybody. But the way I used it was different with each person because of their own individual needs or goals and how we did it. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I had to figure it out on my own and it was just this, I have ADHD, which means I can't sit still. I don't finish things on time. And when I do, I rush and get them done. And I was stupid and dumb. That's really what ADHD meant to me when I was growing up, because that's what people had told me. Here's a perfect example. Really quick. My aunt told me when I was switching between colleges um, during my my first year, I like to call it a gap year, and told me that I would be better fit getting a job with a shirt that had my name on it. And Ooh. I didn't understand at the time what she meant. And then later on in life, I went, ah, you meant I should have been like a blue collar worker where I was out working with my hands and working in there. That's how I interpreted it. She meant it in the fact that, no, you're not smart enough to go to college And you need to work somewhere where your name is going to be on your thing. Well, I ended up going to culinary school. My name was on my uniform every day. (laughs) And I got a master's degree while I was there. So I used to go back to her and say, you know what? Thank you for telling me that I needed to get a job with my name on my shirt because I did. And it has been an amazing career so far. Uh, Well, so so Scott, Scott, take us back because I, I could watch parents like with their pen in their hand about five minutes ago, you made this comment about, like, how do I get them to identify what their goals are and how I can help you? And, and I think a lot of parents struggle with how do I get out of telling my kid what to do and into my kid telling me how to help them? I mean, there's a long road between those, but talk a little bit about how to get kids engaged and owning their own goals. Most of the time it's I'm working with the student and then the, the guardians, the parents have their input. And what I'm trying to implement with them is, all right, instead of, because usually the first phone call I get is I do everything for them and they just can't get anything done and focus on anything. So I'm like, all right, let's change the dynamic a little bit here. And instead of telling them, this is what you need to do, ask them, what do you need to get done this week? And I have to tell sometimes parents, take your parent brain and put it over here for a minute and be more of a support system versus that nagging person. I said, because you're going to say it 500 times and they're not going to listen. One of us can say it, they will listen and implement it. So that the biggest thing that I would say to parents is your children, your child, your young adult knows what they need. And I'm saying that very generally ask them what goals they want to set and how do they want to achieve those goals? Sometimes that can be as simple as I want my room cleaned. Okay, let's focus on that then. What does a clean room look like? And having the parents then break down. How can I help you? What what steps can we do to ensure every day that your room is getting clean? And for me personally, even, I noticed that, you know, 
when my husband breaks something down and says, you know, how can I help you manage yourself for the day if, if I'm having an ADHD moment? It's really stepping back, not accusing, not assuming, and really just saying, okay, what can I do to help you? And your child might sit there and look at you like a deer in the headlights. So then you might want to implement a little, a few different things like, okay, well, maybe first thing we do in the morning is make your bed. That's done. You get that done and then add in another goal. And if every day for a week you've made your bed, all right, then let's incorporate something else. I'm going to be brutally honest. This will never go away. And it is going to be a long-term struggle with parents. So again, I'm going back to that. We're not stupid and we're not dumb. We may act that way sometimes, but we really are processing things in a different way. And I just recently had a conversation with a parent that said, you know, every time I talk to him, he's not paying attention. He's on his phone. He's not looking. And the student literally regurgitated everything the mother had been saying for the last 45 minutes and said, I am listening to everything that you're saying, but I can't sit still for an hour while you dictate what needs to happen and what I need to get done. That's Help great. me go yeah. through. And I, I just, I was like, I don't want to say anything, but I mean, well, the, the other thing, Scott, that you didn't say that I know you would say is that parents get that story that they don't care. And it's not that they don't care either. Right. Absolutely. We probably care more. I know with a lot of students that I work with, a lot of young adults, we take this personally that we are letting people down or that we're not, we're not normal. And I hate that word normal because really, what does that even mean nowadays? But Typical. Typical is what we like to use. Even typical. And I find that that is sometimes the biggest struggle when you're working with students is that we, sometimes there's mental health issues that are going along with the ADHD as well, but we really do take it personally in the sense that one, we think we're doing something wrong all the time because we're not like the others in a classroom or we're not like the others at a job. We need to and I'm talking specifically the ADHD piece, we need to be moving. We need to be doing things. I mean, if you saw my desk right now, you guys would get it completely. Um, but the non-ADHD person would look at my desk and be like, how do you know? Just don't touch anything. I know where it all is. <laughs> you know where everything where, is, don't where touch. Everything is, don't touch it. So it really comes back to, I think, switching that dynamic of I am the parent. However, in these circumstances, I have to start treating my young adult that they have more say in the things that they do and stop telling them what to do and say, this is what needs to get done. How do I help you build out a plan? How can I help assist you achieve these things that need to, to be done, whether it's chores, schoolwork, not game. Can I ask you a question? Because there are so many different directions I'd want to go. Like, how do you get a kid to actually want to clean their room and acknowledge that to their parents? But we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. That We're going to save that for another conversation. I'm really curious, since you started working with us and started coaching clients and our, teens in our community whose parents had, had gone through training with us. And just so you know, in our re- world, we do have Scott and some other people we refer to who do student coaching, but we only do it after the parents gotten some coaching and training and is, has gotten the kid ready. So the kid's really asking, what have you noticed that's different in your practice when you're working with kids whose parents have gone through training and coaching with us? I'd say the biggest thing is that they, I don't want to say have let go, but they've, they've learned, they've been using the tools that they have learned to really switch 
the onus, I would say, on to their child, but also how to communicate better with their child versus in my private practice when I'm getting the student there could still be a lot of conflict going on between the parents and they aren't sure yet how to communicate with each other. So I find that when I get a client, um, a young adult from you guys, that they really, the parents have this understanding that we're going to stay out of this. We're going to let it go. And we're going to let the process be the process. And some of them, it works. Some of them are still a little bit more hands-on. And I will, you know, I have said it a couple of times, you might want to call Elena Diane and get a little, <laughs> get a little tune up. Um, and that usually will like spark them and say, Oh, I'm sorry. I've been doing it again. And I'm like, hey, you know, it's habit. And that's the thing that I guess people need to know too. Is that a lot of these things that we've been doing our habits, we've learned ways to really get to where people in society think we need to be. And sometimes trying to change those habits can be hard. But with the parents that come from you guys, what I've found is they're much more hands off. They do want to talk sometimes. And what I find is to say, can I spend five minutes just venting to you for a minute? Absolutely. Vent to me, leave your child alone. They're doing what they need to do. And a lot of times they'll bring up something and I'm like, at the end of the day, on a scale of one to five, where does this fit within you having the stress levels that you're at right now. And then I'll have them go back and look at the model and kind of, you know, activate, redo what they need to do. And they have the tools. So I'm working with the student to build skills that complement what mom and dad or mom and mom or dad and dad or parents, gardens, whatever have learned so that they can all communicate. They can all do this process together. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed um, with clients that I get from you is that the families have an understanding and are starting the process of not micromanaging, not trying to tell the student or the child what to do every single day and are learning sort of the boundaries and how to keep themselves in the parent role, but also in the support team role. Well, and I'm going to use our language and talk about, you know, the director, the collaborator, the supporter and the champion, right? And so we're moving out of director mode into more of a supporter or collaborator mode when it, when it's called for, but what you're describing is, by creating open communication relationship and partnership, the parents are able to support their kids in a, in a different way, which gives them permission to have more agency and take ownership of what's going on for themselves. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And that may be a great place for us to at least pause for a moment and say, how do people find out more about you? I'm definitely going to put your bio on the impact parent site in this show links. And you also have a, a college consulting business. So absolutely will find you there. Um, they can find me at my website. So www.garbiniedcom G-A-R-B-I-N-I-E-D.com. Send me an email and then I will generally text you back because um, that's the quickest way to reach me. Um, but, but I prefer to email first just so I have a name. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. You can just go on my Great. website. Beautiful. And again, we'll put some other resources in the links as well. So Scott, what didn't we talk about or how do you want to kind of wrap us up from this conversation? Tie it in a pretty bow. You get to either add something new or wrap it back up. Your choice. I would like to say to the parents, we are not stupid and dumb. I guess is what I really want to say. And, and I don't mean that that's what all parents are thinking, but it, it crosses the mind. You get the teachers that say that we are unique in the way that we learn, in the way that we process, in the way that we do things. And 
it takes work for both parties to actually make that cohesive and to make it work. Um, so again, using your model, how do we communicate? How do we be the collaborator and versus, you know, the dictator that's telling you what to do and all that type of stuff. So really just understanding that this is something that we have, we will face this our whole life and we need to learn how to manage it. And we need those supports to continue doing so. And there are great- uh, what I what I love so much about how you speak about this and what you're saying, and this is why you're such an amazing coach for students, is because you're identifying with them, not the parents, yeah. right? Like you're a grown adult with a business and you know, traveling the world and married and all of that stuff. And you're saying we because you still you remember what it felt like to be that kid. It's why I do what I do. It's why you do what you do, because I don't want other kids to grow up feeling the way I felt. Absolutely. Right? And my, hus- my husband felt. Or, and so I really want to acknowledge and honor what you've created for yourself. You've grown into as an adult and your ability to still identify with these kids in such a profound way. It's funny you say that because uh, my husband had said, you know, you relate to these kids like you do like you're still one of them and I'm like yeah I forget sometimes in my mind that I'm 44 years old like I still think of myself as like the young kid in high school or in college that's getting yelled at for not doing this for not doing that so when I talk to students I always say we it's never you've done this you've done that you know this is what we're doing this is what we've done and I I forget sometimes that I'm actually saying it that way but I really want them to be able to understand that we are all out there we are all the same and we're not crazy. Well, and there's a whole other podcast in this, but Scott, what I heard you say is that, uh, you know, you still think you're screwing up and somebody's yelling at you. That's probably because you've got, you got all those voices in your head that are, are probably doing just that, that you're trying to self-manage around. But again, a whole other podcast episode. Have we done an episode on put the stick down? Because if not, Oh no, maybe we should do that. Let's write that down. (laughs) But so Scott, like close us off with just a fun motto or quote that you love. So my quote that I like that I use a lot of times is ADHD is not a disability. It's a different ability. And I say that because if we start helping young adults and children change the way that they look at things, that this is not a disability, this is an ability that you have and it's a great ability and it will help you in the long run. We just need to learn how to manage it and keep it in check so that it works in all aspects of your life. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. I heard Scott, a, I, I just got to share something because I was listening. Mercy Caldwell's got some great programming and I was listening to something and she talked about, you know, a puddle is just of water is just a puddle of water until you give it a little bit of structure and a little bit of, of slope. And then with motivation and some, some structure, it can become a, a stream or, or a waterfall or, you know, all sorts of other things. So mm. I love what you're saying that that, that was the image that came up as you said that. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, Diane. Scott, thank you so much for being here with us. It's always a delight to talk to you and, and to have you share your story and your personal and can experience. You, can you all see why he's on our team? He's awesome. <laughs> Isn't he awesome? Stop us. We love it. And the kids who are working with him love him. So a little, little bit of mutual admiration, but we love him. I was just saying, I will say, I, I've, there's not even one. I, sometimes there's one that, you know, you want to pull your hair out, but I have a really, really good um load of students right now um, that I'm working with that are really engaged. They love this process. And I can see when they meet with me, I actually had a mother the other day, uh, just yesterday that called me and said, I know you're back from vacation. My son this morning asked, 
when you were going to be back because he needs to speak with you. He feels like he's falling off the, the the deep end. And I said, I'm back. I'm a little jet lagged, but get him on the phone. Let's we'll schedule it for this afternoon. And we did. And we spent an hour sort of rebooting yesterday, getting things ready for his new term at school and, and so forth. So it was it was nice to hear so that a student say, I need Scott. We need to get him on. I need to get on the schedule immediately. Yeah. So. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for, for what you're doing, for being here, for listening, for tuning in, for being conscious in, in what you're doing to support the complex kids in your lives. At the end of the day, it makes an enormous difference. We'll see you on the next call. Bye, y'all. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.